Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and this is the show where we review yesterday's slate, go over some some sharp lineups, see what happened last night, talk a little bit about today's slate. Maybe not the afternoon slate, but the the, the late slate. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'm playing soccer, right? The, the Euros are on. I already have five soccer lineups in before the show. I have to make some swaps out. You know, when when a, when a $2,900 center back isn't in for Turkey and I got to figure out how I'm going to switch my lineups around. So that's what I've been doing. So so uh, so I'm not going to necessarily play the, the early MLB slate, but uh, we'll be talking about it we'll, like we normally do. DFS strategy related. If you got any questions in the YouTube chat, feel free. Type them in. Uh, hit that thumbs up button. Keep my, I still don't got apple juice. I still just got water. I still got the mandarin orange water. I need to get more apple juice. I need, I need to, I need, I need to win some contests so I can get more apple juice and uh, hit that subscribe button. If you're new here, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. I see you guys in the chat, Shannon Lyrebird, Jerome Lewis, Apocalypse, Andrew Garcia, Chandler Cannon, Brandon McNeil, Shannon Lampert, Frederick Duke, the Prince and, uh, and Daniel Hutchins, who, uh, nerdy tenor. Yeah. I think I'm teaching you too well. I, th- I think I every once in a while, you know, I say 95% of people don't pay attention. Well, five, the 5% of people that pay attention are doing better than me, right? Uh, won both the main and the night slate last night. Uh, I came close on FanDuel. I, I had so much of the Red Sox. I had so much of the Red I had like a third of my lineups had Red Sox in it. On a 15-game slate, that's a lot. A third of my lineups, not paired with the right crap, right? Because I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to get a 5% Red Sox stuff, right? The pitchers didn't matter yesterday because it was all over the place. You play some Corbin, you play you play some uh, Taiwan Walker or something like that. And it's like, okay, what's the three-man? What's the three-man in here? And it's like, I didn't realize that uh, a four-man Boston and then like Machado, Tatis, and Cronenworth, the Padres wouldn't get there. I thought a three-man Padres would get there. You got to tease, but he's a million percent owned, right? But you just don't got the other pieces, right? You just there. I got a Boston, Boston. I got some Blue Jay Boston. I got I got Bichette in a lineup, right? I got Bichette. I got uh, got Semyon. No, but then, then like Teoscar is three points. It's like, well, there goes that, right? So so that that was last night for me. I mean, I made a, I made money. Yeah, I made money, not much, but I mean, in comparison. But uh, so I, I guess it was a good night. I mean, I was right on the Red Sox. I mean, they were under owned compared to their projection. Uh, they had, uh, according to the bat, they had they had the third, the third highest ceiling on the slate, and they weren't going to be owned as as much on, on FanDuel at least. Well, probably not on DraftKings either. Uh, obviously, the the Padres were number one, and they and the stack failed. Right, Tatis was the only. I mean, and you didn't even need him. Right, 16 points. You could have found 16 points. I mean, you could have got something. You could have found a home run from someone, right? Somewhere, right? Grissom, nothing, right? Machado wasn't necessary. Seven. Mind, I mean, let's look at pitching. Right. Pitching, pitching yesterday. And see, it's nice to see. Like, this is what I expected. It was, it was, it was a little bit slightly different on FanDuel because you only play one pitcher. But I thought that the ownership uh, on the pitchers would be spread out. That there wouldn't be like there's not like a clear like yeah you could play the Tigers against Minor, I figured Minor would be the most popular. I can't buy I didn't, I didn't think Darvish would be seventeen percent, 
I guess you got to play two pitchers, right? I mean, yesterday on, on FanDuel, at least, just that's that's where I was playing GPPs until they make the, the main contest, not $18, right? I'm going to be playing on FanDuel because if I'm going to have a bad payout structure, I'm going to at least pay less for it. Uh, but I played mostly, I played Corbin number one, then I played Castillo, then I, pl- I, I played a little bit of Miner and Walker on FanDuel and uh, some Montes, right? I mean, I played all the good pitchers. I played some Kwang Kwa Young Kim. And uh, unfortunately, I played a little bit of uh, Jay Happ. Who, uh, nope, right? There's always one guy. But Flexen? Who would have thought Flexen would be the highest scorer on the slide? Oh, no, Taiwan Walker, technically. But for his price, Flexen against the Twins, 1% owned, right? It looks like Nerdy Tanner had some Flexen. So Flexen, what was that winning lineup? Yeah, there you go. It's Flexen. That's what I thought. <coughs> it's Flexen. Flexen and Walker. You get someone getting getting a two percent on pitcher with thirty five points. See, you don't even need. See, you don't even need. Right, as long as you got the main pieces, you didn't even need. Oh, oh, you must have loved. I think maybe you went to sleep, Daniel. Did you go to sleep or something? Because Altuve hit that the walk off grand slam or something at the end. That's what won it for you, right? Well, here we go, Boston, 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 five man Boston, and it's not even like, like yeah, you needed Devers. Sure, you needed Renfro. Bogarts had a home run, but you got the Thai France. You got the Thai France in there. You know, a nice 5-2-1. Altuve, Alvarez, three points. But these ownerships at the, this this level, you get some outliers and you're there. I mean, the second place lineup by uh, what? MH? MH. I mean, it's going to be a Boston stack. Boston stack, Thai France, Jose Altuve. But he had Verdugo and Martinez, Brantley, but really, the pitchers—it's real—it's really flexing. Flexing did it. Giant squid over here had a five-man Boston. Ryan McMahon, four percent owned, but he had Erod. See, there you go. Erod's twelve points didn't didn't get it there. Right, the whistles. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Woo. What did Woo do? So basically, Col- Col- Colorado. Okay, because Colorado kind of got there. Right, you had Tapia, Daza, McMahon, Crone. So it's a one, two, three, four, and a three, and a Grissom one with two good pitchers. Close. Megan Joy, the Boston stack, Boston, San Diego, right? And and a Simeon one off. Five, two, one. Tatis, which you didn't need. You didn't even need Tatis. But there you go. Low owned pitcher that that went up, but he he didn't even need it. I mean, you could have switched flexing with someone and gotten a home run. I mean, People won with threes in their lineup. Zeros. I mean, this could have won with a zero. If Alvarez got a zero, you still would have won. Still would have came in first place. But we see across the board, like, not like it wasn't like an X out Padres type of day. I mean, people went way pitching wise, you could have gone a million different ways. I don't I don't blame anyone for doing anything. Because 20, even 22% is not like high owned. So even if you played minor at, at the high at twenty two percent owned against Detroit, oh you can't you gotta fade the chalk. No, I don't. Eh. I think Darvish is a little bit suspect at seventeen percent. I would have played on DraftKings. I would have played more of him if he was like seven percent owned. But I mean, Whistles did, Bro uh, Broflex did, but not many others. Not not really. Taiwan Walker a little bit above. A lot of people see Hap. See RBX had a bunch of Hap. 
Hap was Hap was quote was quote was fake sharp, I guess. Sharper players played him. Say for like Erod and Kwang Young him. Like, yeah, like like the differences between all these pitchers weren't all that drastic. So to have like Kim be seven percent owned. I mean, Sammy Long was owned. I mean, ner- I mean uh Nerdy Tenor played him. I didn't even I didn't even consider him, right? I guess some people had him. But if we take a look at the batting the hitters like no one really went out of their way to like completely x out the like the the padres or go really i mean look at tatis i mean it's like like no one's sitting there with like single digit tatis or single digit grissom or single digit machado well i guess giants could a different third baseman in like the way to get different on on DraftKings is like not play you know cheap aquino right Giant Squid, you know, obviously projected well. He's going to play a bunch of them. Giant Squid plays more, more more projections than anything. But everyone else is kind of like, dude, do you want to have a... Ch- I play him in a stack. Do you want to have a chalky one-off $2,700, what, Aquino at 19%? Second base was kind of weak, so Albies was was owned. I mean, he didn't get there. Caratini, the chalk catcher, didn't get there. I mean, Fam was... Fam and Grit, I mean, the Padres didn't get there. But it's but it's not like 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 yeah, Fam was a little bit under versus Grissom, I guess, because Grissom Grissom was cheaper on DraftKings. On Fandle, it was four thousand. Then if you're playing two cheap pitchers, obviously you could pay up for Acuna, so that's what a bunch of people did. Castellanos, right? I can understand playing the Reds, the Aquino with like here, like if you're gonna play this, you're gonna play Red stacks. Okay, I get it. Vlad was 12% owned. That's a little high for him. I mean, not many people played Blue Jays. Blue Jays were over-owned. See, Cronenworth. See, the, people didn't avoid the Padres. So I don't just I just don't think people played the played the Red Sox enough. Against Davidson in Atlanta. Hot, wind blowing out. The total was like 10. I don't know. I thought that was the, I thought the, I thought the Red Sox were the, the highest EV stack of the stack of the day. I thought Colorado was number two. And no, oh, how come I didn't win? How come I didn't win first? I didn't even get top ten. How do I? How do I? I look at I look at my sheet right here. My little cheat sheet here. It's like oh, I got my top stacks are Boston, Colorado, San Diego, and the Dodgers. How did I not win? How, how did I win? <laughs> Sometimes it just works out that way, right? Let's go into the YouTube chat, see what's going on. See what's going on in the YouTube chat. Daniel Hutchins couldn't, he didn't even make it to then, right? You didn't even see the, you didn't even see Altuve's Grand Slam. Right, he's too old to stay up for the games. That's, that's how I've been. That's how I've been, like, 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 I can't, I, I'm I'm asleep by the I mean as as long as I don't have like a sweat sweat, like I'm done. One in the morning, I'm I'm asleep already. The slate isn't even over. It's technically it's almost over. Especially when I have to wake up. I'm waking up now at eight in the morning to because the nine a.m. games for for soccer. So like I can't I can't stay up till one thirty two in the morning. Right. So once I once I saw I had no shot. Once once Bryce Harper came in, I had I had, I had a Red Sox Phillies lineup that was close. It was like, you know, a home run-ish to first place in FanDuel. And once Bryce Harper came out of the game, I'm done. I'm not going to win with a zero there. 
right? Let's see. Michael Dompia says Cardi had both Hap and Flex in his okay plays. Yeah, they're okay, right? And one did extremely well and one did extremely badly. So, you know, you never know. You never know. Shannon Lambert asks, anyone know which Blake Snell is pitching today? 10 Ks or four walks or can't find the zone. Is he is he even he's not on this, he's not on the late. He's no, he's on the early slate. Because I was wondering, it's like I don't remember putting even seeing Blake Snell when I was doing dummy lineups. So I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on for this two o'clock slate whatsoever. Because the, the lineups aren't going to be in normally I, if we have an early slate, I'll do I'll do a live build or something. But like we won't even have the lineups. So I I'm what am I gonna do? I'd be building like I'd be building at like 130. So I'm not even gonna bother. I'm gonna watch some soccer. It's all soccer now. Andrew Garcia asked, since you went heavy on Boston, how many teams did you use for stacks? I used a ton. I play 150 lineups on FanDuel. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. No, I didn't use the 11, 12, like 13 teams. At, at various different different distributions of them. Not they're not even. Like I had, I like I had like St. Louis. I think I had three St. Louis lineups. That's it. That's it. That's all I had. Three St. Louis lineups. But at, at, as a four man stack. But Boston, I had what? Thirty. I had twenty per twenty ish percent. Out of 150, is 30 lineups. So I had 34-man Boston stacks. But then I also had, what, 12 times 1.5, 18 Boston three-man stacks in combinations with other things. So, like, it takes a third of my lineups had Boston in it. And then, obviously, one-off. One-off J.D. Martinez. One-off Bogart's Endeavors or something, right, in some other lineups. Just the more and more, the more and more I was looking at it, at, at the ownership, that, Boston was just severely underowned, so I just upped. I started keeping upping my my rent. So I, I, I like I, I I originally had like some Mets, like I had like six Mets lineups, and I'm like, do I need six? Can I just get rid of three Mets lineups and just add them to the Boston lineup? Okay, let's do that. So that's what I kept on doing. I kept on looking like, okay, I got I got uh, I got twelve Braves lineups. Did I just survive with nine and just add another three to the Red Sox? I just thought the Red Sox were the best opportunity. I thought they they had the highest ceiling for the lowest ownership in in relation. So I just kept on and just kept on adding. Still at Padres, still plenty of Padres lineups. Going through the YouTube chat. Mike Campbell says, am I the only one that could barely hear Blender? Is there a problem with my audio? Seems like everyone else is having fun. I don't know. Move my move my mic closer. Can I do this? Put it in the, put it in the shot. Danny Lewis asks, why DK versus FanDuel yesterday? Uh, it's, it's only because I play large field GPPs primarily. And uh, the payout structures of both sites suck. Okay? I mean, if we take a look at this payout structure here. Right? 50,000, 20,000, 10,000, 7,000, 4,000, you know, by the guy you get to 10th place, it's a thousand. I mean, like, like it's dramatically, it dramatically drops on the other day. They had it even worse. 
It was like 50 and then 15 and then what? I mean, like, it just gets stupid. FanDuel is just as bad. FanDuel is like 30,000, 10,000, 5,000. I mean, like, it, 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 it really drops off. But the difference is that the bat flip, this large field, is, 18, is an $18 contest, typically, on DraftKings. So when I would play on DraftKings, I wouldn't play 150 lineups on DraftKings. I'd play 50, 60, something like that. About $1,000 worth of entries. Really, my, my rule of thumb, rule of thumb, doesn't mean you, you exactly go by it, is that I don't want to put in as many entries as 10th place. So if 10th place is $1,000, I don't want to put in more entries than that number. That's just a rule of thumb. It's, there's no mathematical, there's some math, there's a mathematical concept of like the more lines you put in, the more likely, you know, you're going to, you're going to go broke. But like that $1,000. So if, so let's say if it's a $20 entry, I mean, that's 50 entries, 60 entries, $18. So I do, would I rather put 60 lineups into the bat flip or on FanDuel, the, the contest is like five bucks, right? For 800 bucks, I could play 150 lineups. So which one do I want to do? That's really what it comes down to. Do you want to play 60 here? Or do I want to play 150 there? I can do both. Just to, to me, it's hard to manage two sites at once. I mean, I could do both. It just, I, I did a one slate this year and it's just chaos especially with late swap and you got to swipe the angels lineup isn't in and you got to, you know, it's 13 minutes before lock and you still haven't got, you're stacking this team and they don't even have a lineup out yet. Yet you're going to be, you're going to be playing, you're going to be playing 20 of their lineups and you know, you're going to maybe have to move stuff around. I don't want to have to deal with that on two sides. So that's the only reason the payout structure stuck on both sides. I'd rather play on DraftKings personally. When DraftKings has this bad flip or whatever, even at $12, it's like, okay, I could put an 80 entry. Okay, I could do that. If they, and once the bat flip is down under single digits, then I could, I could 150 that. I don't, mi- I don't mind the field size. Obviously, the, the, the higher the entry, the lower the field size. Like the field size on DraftKings is smaller than the field size on FanDuel. But I'm, pl- I'm, playing, I'm playing lineups that are highly leveraged. Any- I, I don't care. Make it be 40,000 entries. I don't, I'm, that, those are the contests I'm used to playing anyway. Sometimes this bad flip on some contests, on some slates, or even like 9,000. That's it. Like, sure, it's a smaller field. Okay, that's, that's nice, but I'd, I'd rather it be twice as large and twice as cheap. Right? You also, the cheaper it is, you get some more and more casual and dumb people in there. Less so with the, the larger fee. That, that's, that's the only reason. There's no like, I prefer DraftKings. I, I prefer DraftKings MLB. I prefer playing five man stacks. I prefer not having to mix and match. Because if you play if you play like five X or something on, on, on DraftKings, I don't have to worry about my distribution of like secondary stacks. Like if I'm playing four three one on FanDuel, the problem comes in is that I'm not just I get like teams just end up getting stuck together, and I have to work with the with lineup HQ to not let that happen. Right, I'm playing a bunch of Boston. I'm playing a bunch of this team. I'm, and then they get 12, 12 of my lineups, or, or two teams. You know, like my all my Yankee, my three man. I have three three man Yankees, and they're all stuck to Boston, which may be fine. But like, do I want that? No, I want. I don't. I want Boston. This, but I want Boston with everyone that I can. But on DraftKings, you, if you're just playing a five man stack and three one offs, you don't have to worry. I just you can set unique players to three. 
right? You always have a pitching change, two batters or something like that, and you're good. Or part of the stack, and typically, typically you're fine. FanDuel, you have to fight with it a little. Let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Right, Daniel says, yeah, it seems like DK will do whatever they can to keep 50K up top, right? So the smaller contest, more ridiculous, the payout structure becomes. Exactly. FanDuel is always ridiculous. So it's, I'm not saying that FanDuel is better. FanDuel sucks also. They probably suck more. But at least it's cheaper. <laughs> That's it. Danny Lewis asks, how does one pitcher versus two influence me? Well, it's just that you don't, you don't, you don't have to go nuts on, on FanDuel for pitching. Pitching on FanDuel is much, it's much easier on FanDuel than it is on DraftKings. You only have to play one. And because of the quality start points on FanDuel, like you're, you're, you're not playing pitchers that can't pitch six innings, right? Like long, I don't even know if he was available, right? Like you wouldn't even bother doing that. He didn't even start. He can't get the quality start. He's not, he's not going to project to get it either. So like on, like on FanDuel, like I just, I, to me, those punt type of, of uh, starting pitchers, like we take a look at yesterday, let's see, yesterday on, on DraftKings. Like, like, I don't even have to worry about Chris Flexen on FanDuel. Like who's playing him? Like you, you don't, you don't play, like it's, it's almost even hard to play pitchers out of that cheap. Like you're just, uh, my, my pitching pool on FanDuel typically is very small. Yesterday was bigger than normal. But like on today's slate, like we have, uh, we take a look at, uh, we look at FanDuel, DraftKings FanDuel over here. So we look at pitcher. These are the bad projections as of 927 a.m. Okay. It's just sort by raw fantasy points. So DeGrom, obviously with DeGrom, Cole, Kershaw, Right, Zach Greinke actually projects decently. Bailey Ober at forty six hundred. Like someone like Bailey Ober is not a Fanduel. Like you don't have to play him on Fanduel. We look over here on Fanduel. Like why would you sort by fantasy points? Like Bailey Ober is down over here, sixty two hundred. Like why? Like you're probably just playing. Like my pitching pool may just be like Wheeler and up, and maybe not even Wheeler. Right, I look at the ceilings and I go like, dude, I may have 80% fan. I mean, I can fit in anyone I want practically with the Grom as it is, even at 12-2. So like, why am I playing Anthony DiSclefani? Like, why am I playing Justice Sheffield? Why Savali? I mean, you could. You're only going to play one pitcher. Could Grom or Cole have like, you know, 45 point, you know, plus the win, play, you know, 60 point games. Like, you're not going to be able to make that up. Then what's the point? And the FanDuel batter pricing is soft enough as it is that it's, like, what are you saving? Or what are you getting out of it? See, on, on, on DraftKings, playing DeGrum and Cole, like, we put these two together and run it, right? We're going to need a lot of punts. You still play Acuna, Rosario, Seager, Moore, Vote, right? You could still get, I mean, even on DraftKings, you could still make a decent lineup. But let's say you don't want to play with like Stewart and Ramirez and Moore and these guys and just go with the Grum. And, and here you play Bailey over. 
Then you run it. And it's like, okay, now you now, now you have Jordan Alvarez in there. You have Josh Donaldson. You have Freeman. I mean, you're good, right? There's, there's, there's a difference in playing a, a, a lower-priced pitcher and taking a shot. But you wouldn't play him on FanDuel. And then we go over to FanDuel over here. Like, if I played DeGrum, I mean, look at my lineup. I'm playing for the most expensive pitcher. Yet, I got I got some Diamondbacks. Riley Swanson, Ramirez, Yastrzemski, Acuna, Belt. Right? This isn't a bad lineup. And then what? If I pay down, let's say I pay for Granky at 8400 which is almost $4,000 cheaper. I get, I basically, the only difference is I get Freeman and, and Cruz, I guess, and Alvarez, which is, is an upgrade. But let's say you go all the way down. Let's say you do play Bailey over for whatever reason on FanDuel with one pitcher. We run this and it's like, okay, now, now you've all star luck. Judge, Cruz, Acuna, Yastrzemski, Bregman. I mean, you could pay up in every spot. Sure, that's fine, but I mean you're stacking, so most likely, you, I mean you got Atlanta here, you got a four-man Atlanta stack. But how are you going to fit the other? You're going to do four, three, one, and then still end up with like a thousand left on the table. Like, what's the difference? You're stacking. Most likely, you're going to be playing cheaper. I mean, look at the ownership of this. This is yeah, your yeah, pitcher's two percent owned, but everyone else is like high owned as hell. Plus. If, if anyone else plays these types of lineups, they're all going to look the same or look very close if you spend all of your money. Because there's only so much you can pay up. I mean, you're paying up everywhere. So the need for those, the need for cheaper pitchers, cheaper, take a flyer, they're lower projected. You never know, they're 1% owned type of thing. FanDuel is, is, is unnecessary. The winning lineup didn't have Chris Flex in it or FanDuel. Yesterday, I think Taiwan Walker was. Where you because if you pay down for pitching on FanDuel and then any of the higher price guys put up a zero, you're dead. That to me, that's that's the only difference. Quality start, obviously. Obviously, also on FanDuel, you don't get dinged for like walks and hits and stuff, right? So guys, guys like uh, guys like R- Robbie Ray, guys like Patrick Corbin, those type of guys. Like I don't mind this. I don't. I don't mind the strikeout pitchers that walk people on Fanduel. I mean, I don't like it that they walk people because then they give up a home run. It's not, instead of a solo shot, it's a three run shot. I mean, I still don't like it. But you're not. You're not. Uh, you know, Greinke, right? Greinke gives up ten hits, strikes out five, but only gives up one run or something like that. I mean, it's not as. It's not as. You don't get penalized for that on Fanduel as you do on draft. Daniel says that his Sims agree with me. Pun pitchers are less of a thing on FanDuel. Even when they project decently, they're not even a thing. Like decently. Like yesterday, Kim, Kim was 6,300 on FanDuel. It was hard to even get him into lineups. I had him in line. I had him in a bunch. I had maybe, I think, 8% or something. But a very select lineup. All those lineups were like Padres, main core Padres, Braves. With Freeman and Acuna, like in just like, how many different lineups can I make like that? And I'm leaving, and I don't mind leaving a thousand on the table. So, like, how many of those lineups can I make? I can make if I have a if I have only a difference of one player, I can make a bunch, a whole ton of them. But do I really want that many lineups? That's Kim, 
Padres, Braves, and then change one guy. And I want 10 of those now. I mean, you could, you could, you just, you, you, you're not, you're not diversifying at all. You, if it hits, you, you could win first through 10th place. But if it doesn't, then you're out of luck. But that's, that's the way I think it's going to be on, uh, on Fandle today. Right? The Grum is just clearly above everyone else. I mean, clearly, so, so clearly. People are going to shy away from Cole. But he's still going to be played on, on FanDuel. But I, th- I think on DraftKings today that if you want if you wanted to get different and play something like, I mean, how do you not play him for 11000 I mean, like the difference between these prices, at least on FanDuel, it's 12-2 and then 11000 and then 10-2. I'm not sure about Wheeler. I guess that's the GPP play, play Wheeler against the Dodgers. Wheeler's been good this year. We do something like Wheeler, Cole Wheeler, because you're not really gaining anything. On FanDuel, you could play, going down from DeGrom to even Kershaw, right? Jesus could like Kershaw. 2,000, does that get you anything? If I plug Kershaw in, do I even get, I mean, what, what do I get? Just in general, on FanDuel. Okay, this is going to take a minute. Okay, Belt. They still got the Atlanta guys. Who the hell's pitching for Boston? Atlanta's popping. Garrett Richards. Okay, now, now I get it. Now I get it. Probably the weather also. Let's take a look. What's the weather? Yeah, 83 degrees, wind blowing out. Okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. Take a look at the stack projections over here. This is the type of stuff I look at. This is what I do in the morning. That's the whole point of the show. This is exactly what I do. Okay. So today, obviously, they're not, obviously, the Padres are not on the slate, on the late slate. So Braves, yeah, Braves are the highest. Braves, then Astros against Lyles. That makes sense. Red Sox against Ian Anderson. People may not attack him. Maybe you play, maybe you play the Red Sox. Yankees against Stripling. And, and the, the bat typically is low on the Yankees. So when, when the Yankees are coming up pretty high, that always, that always stands out to me. So I take a look at that, and I take a look at what you can make. The San Francisco, how does San Francisco rank it, rate out? So I guess just point per dollar wise, I guess eh, maybe not. I guess for the late slate, yeah, because a lot of this stuff is for the early, right? The Royals, the Tigers, the Padres. So in comparison, yeah, I guess I guess the Giants trade out on Fanduel point per dollar wise against Merrill Kelly. Okay, let's go to Fanduel. What does this look like? These are the things I ask myself. Okay, that, that what's the reason for this? What's going on here? Giants. It's not like that they're very cheap. I mean, you strength seat. I mean, I guess against the righty. 68 degrees. Uh-huh. Yeah. We have a four total. But look, we're, we're projecting ownership of what? 33% for Yastrzemski, 26 for Brett Belt. That may go down. They may be the overown team, right? Because I look at that. I look at the Giants' ownership. Then I take a look at just, uh, just whatever, the points. The Giants are down here, right? I mean, it's not that much of a difference. But you look, like in comparison to like the Mets, like the Mets are going to be much lower on, right? Like they're right next to each other, right? Even ceiling-wise, everything. Then you take a look at the Mets. 
not saying I like the Mets, but like the ownership is much lower. As long uh, current current projected ownership right now, I don't I don't I don't think the Giants on FanDuel are going to be that that highly owned. I mean they'll be on they, they may be popular, sure, yes. To this extent, we're Belt and Yastrzemski are 33 percent owned. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I question that a bit. But this, this is what you should be doing. Looking at the difference, right? Boston against Ian Anderson. The bat has a pretty high ceiling. and 1%, 1%, 1%, like if 2%. If, if I can get this ownership on the Red Sox today, I don't, sure, give it, give, give it to me, right? In comparison, right? Devers is 34. I mean, lefties, right? You play Devers. 3,200, what's wrong with that? Renfro's still cheap enough, 2,500. Always play Dalback. You can play You can play these guys. What if Ian Anderson, so? So the Braves are a little too cheap, right? Alvin, no, maybe not. This is, it's FanDuel. I'm looking for 3,100. Oh, I thought it was DraftKings. Uh, Michael Dampier, bat seems to be lower generally on which teams? The uh, In general, just in general, overall, uh, from a, from a uh, like from a prior, like like as far as like talent is concerned. If we just go through all these teams, like typically the bat in general uh, views the White Sox as overvalued. Their Yankees is overvalued and the A's is overvalued. Right? It, it, it rates them. The people, the White Sox are a worse team than people think. At least for DFS. Not a horrible team, but just the worst team. Like, say for Oakland. Like, so when I see like Oakland and, and, and Chicago and the White Sox and, and the Yankees, if they project well, Say for the Astros, also, yeah, the Astros, the bat typically is lower than other systems. When 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 the when the Astros are kind of chalky a lot of times, it's like, oh, everyone likes the Astros. Like, it doesn't mean that the Astros are at the bottom and they're doing that, you know, they're horrible. They're typically not as high. Typically, not as high. Teams that the bat is typically over on, meaning that they that the bat values more than other systems are teams like uh, the Brewers, the Nationals, maybe the, the Rays, maybe at times, I guess. I guess those would be those types of teams. You know, when the Nationals are in a good spot or something like that, they'll, they'll be at the top. Of the, they'll, they'll, be some, they'll be at the top of the list somewhere, right? The Rays will never be at the top or anything like that, but typically point for dollar wise, a lot of slates. If they're playing outside of Tampa Bay against a pretty crappy pitcher, like they'll they'll, they'll be up there, point per dollar wise. And the same for the Brewers. Dep- it all depends on their pricing, obviously. Like we had earlier this year, the Brewers. I mean, even like Yelich was like forty nine hundred, and Avisel was like twenty eight hundred, and Kane when he was healthy he was like under three K. It's like they they constantly projected them. Okay. If you got any questions in the YouTube chat, feel free to type them in. 
maybe a short show today. Maybe a short show. If, hey, if you don't have questions, I don't got answers, right? What else can I talk about? I got a soccer game coming up. I hope I did anyone get scratched. No one really gets scratched in this. Just got to check. Just got to check to make sure. Did anyone get scratched? Do we still have Daniel James in the lineup? Yes. Do we still? Okay. Okay. We got everyone in. Still got Shahal Naglu. Right. We got, we got Turkey today. Feel free to, feel free to understand, feel free to try to pronounce any of their names. Right. I think Kevin, uh, Keenan Caraman. Like he may be the only one that you, you could pronounce. Everything else is like Yokoglu and Tufan and Unda and uh, Yilmaz. Who are these people? If you follow soccer, you'd, I, you'd know about eh, 80% of them. Even the Macedonian guys I know, right? They're on teams. I mean, they're, they're, they're on major teams somewhere around. Uh, let's see. Matt Noah says, hey, what's up, Jordan? Seeing your soccer cash line doing good so far. Yeah. I played that. I played the cheap, uh, the cheap uh, $2,500 central defender for the, for Russia. Right. And played the Russian goalkeeper. Right. I pretty much played a Russian stack. Right. Golovin, Zuba, Kuzayev, Diviev, and Safinov. I'm surprised not many people played Safinov in cash. Safinov is 5,300. Donnarumma was 5,600. And Russia was a, ended up being a bigger favorite than Italy is later today. And since I was already playing the central defender, I'm like, okay, I'll just parlay it. Because a lot of times in, in these smaller slates, in soccer, two or three game soccer slates, like I, my cash lineup is what the lineup I put into like the 555. Like the, 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 small, like the, the small field GPP. So since I'm going to do that, typically I'm not going to I'm, I'm not going to play the whole play the forward against the goalkeeper. I'm not going to play any negative correlations in the lineup. That's the only difference. That's why you don't you don't see me play underdog keepers that much on two or three game slates when I'm playing a, a small field GPP. Just I'll, it's, it's similar lineup. I'll just play to my double ups and head to heads as well. Okay. DFS degenerate. Can you go over, use team max exposure by stack type? Okay, that this is easy. This setting, use team max exposure by stack type. What, if you put in, okay, let me, let's say you want 5X, let's say, let's say you want this, just make it easy. You want 50%, let's just say, okay, this is an example. Okay, you want 50% five-man, 50%, just to even make it easier, 50% four-man and one-offs, who cares? So we don't even have to deal with secondary stacks. So if you put in, let's say, everyone at six, right? Let's just give an example. If you don't click this team, this max exposure box over its spice stack type, it lineup HQ is going to build you 6%, or whatever, a max of 6% or whatever, whatever the number is. Using either of these two construction types. Okay? So you're going to get 6% of the Yankees. Either as a five-man or a four-man. It may be all five-man. All your Cubs may be all four-man. Because those are the best, better projected lineups, I guess. If I click on this box, use team max exposure by stack type, 
it'll try to make 50% of whatever it is. So if you have 6%, let's say you have six Yankees lineups that you want to make, it's going to try to give you three five-mans and three four-mans, right, of all of these. You set Toronto at 10. It's going to try to give you 5% because you have 50 and 50. So like if you ran this and let's say the best project, let's say San Francisco had like the best projection, you may get them. If you want 20 San Francisco lineups, you may end up without this box on getting all 20 of them as five-man stacks and none as four-man. But if you click on the box, it's going to try to make it 50-50. So like if you have, if you have like, let's say you have, let's say you click on everything, let's say whatever. Let's say you do, you know, 20... 20, 20, 20, 20. Let's just, let's it. So it's, what it's going to do is like, it's going to try to give you 20% of this type of lineup with whatever stacks that you have with this box on. If you check it off, it means it's, it's going to give you 20% of these stacks, but I mean, just whatever team fits into those configurations, it fits. So you, your, all your Boston lineups could be in the four fours. You may have, if you have 10 Boston lineups, you may have, Eight four fours and two five twos and none of the other ones. If you click on the box, it's going to try to give you whatever you know that percentage even in that. Okay, doing stuff like this so granular is typically not necessary. Okay, unless you have some compelling reason to do so. That you need this this granular. Because it's going to make it too hard. The, the, the line of HQ is going to be constrained a lot. And you're going to fight with it a lot. And you're going to be like, why am I getting too much of this guy? And you're going to build it again and you get, you're going to still get them. And it's going to be some type of salary constraint, some type of thing. You're just, you're really, you're really constraining it unless you have a reason to. Like I can understand doing 5X because 5X could be a 5-3. It could be a 5-2. There's a reason to make five threes, make five threes. If there's a reason to make four threes, make four threes. If there's a reason to make four fours, make four fours. You could always build these. For instance, you could always build 100%, build 20 lineups and pick out the ones that you want, save them, and then build the rest under just one. Okay, I want I want 20 lineups that are five three, and then the rest of my build is going to be 80 lineups of 5X. Okay, and do two separate builds and convert, combine them together. That may be easier than trying to do 10% of this and 1% of like, it's, it's just not, it's, it's not going to work out the way you want. You could try to me. It's just not worth it. You're going to spend like four times as much time to not even get the lineups that you want. Just too constrained, but that's what that does. That's what this does. Go through the YouTube chat. Angelo Strawface. Strawface? Strawface? Do you have a straw face? I heard you say that sports with more events have less variance. Right, like basketball, be a sports like MMA, which have higher variance. Where would a sport like golf land? Golf has high variance. Golf is very high variance. Because, you know, you, it, it's all about missed cuts, right? Can you project missed cuts? Because once you miss a cut, I mean, that to me, like, you're not going to score enough points. You have 30 points there. You're done. You need a six out of six, pretty much. I mean, I, I've seen some large fields won by five out of sixes. If you get, like, some 1% owned guy that wins it, and the whole team. 
you know, type of lineup where it's even with 50 points out of the other guy that missed the cut or something. So yeah, PGA is just high variance because, you know, predicting missed cuts is just like, no, like no one has, like even the top golfers are like 80, 82% chance to make the cut. And that's like at the top range. But most of the time you're going to be rostering three golfer, two or three golfers that are like 55, 58%. So that's the hard part. That's the variance in golf. Oh, Michael Dompier on DK Largefield. Any thoughts on how you approach uh, starting pitcher day? Would you set a rule to only take one of DeGrom, Cole, or Wheeler? Or too early to tell until owned? Well, Wheeler's not going to be that old on DraftKings. So I don't care about taking one of them. I mean, you could play DeGrom, Wheeler. But if if... The problem with the the builds that are like with two of those 10K plus pitchers is that it may lead you to very similar lineups. Like, I think you can play those constructions if you're not, whatever the cheap chalk is going to be, that's who I would avoid with it. So you could still play those lineups. So if you want to play a DeGrum Cole lineup or DeGrum, any of those Kershaw, whoever, because what's going to end up happening is you're going to go, well, instead of playing DeGrum Cole, I'm going to play DeGrum Wheeler. It's like what your your bats are all going to look the same. I mean, there's no really no price difference. You didn't upgrade anywhere. So as long as you keep your bats different, you can make that construction. So if there's going to be some cheap chalk guy, let's take a look. Is there going to be some cheap chalk guy? We can look. Let's see. We don't have any ownership here for DraftKings, or I should refresh. Okay, here's some bat ownership. Whatever. Dylan Moore is he going to be popular? I don't know. Maybe twenty six hundred. Eddie Rosario, a lefty-lefty, that's not going to be popular. Maybe it's Dylan Moore. If it happens to be Dylan Moore, then that's the guy, right? That's the guy that makes the lineup work. So if you're able to just not play him, maybe even make a group. Maybe maybe even do that, make a group and just say, you know, DeGrom, Cole, Dylan Moore, maximum two. And that's what you do, maybe, if you want to do that. If you want to build those constructions, I think, I think on DraftKings the construction is going to be pay down for one of the pit. I think the cheaper pitchers are not going to be as owned. If we took a, take a look at the difference here, like playing a Grinky, playing play, playing an Ian Anderson, playing a Bale. I mean, playing Bailey Ober, something like that. That's going to be different. Is it correct? I mean, you could build lineups like that, and you could build lineups with the Grum and Cold. You could. One is not better than the other. It's just okay. Here's a way to get different. Just in your Degrum Cole lineups, you got you got to find a way to not cut, play Dylan Moore and and chalky cheap stack. That people are. Oh, so I'm going to plug in. You know, whatever, whatever the chalk is going to be. What's where's the ownership? The Braves, right? I'm going to play Ozzy Albies, Dylan Moore. I'm going to play all these guys, right? And then play DeGrom and Cole. You're playing a cash lineup. Just find a way to be different. Jago says, stack against the highest on pitchers on the early slate. You could. I, I don't even know. I didn't even look at the two o'clock slate. I'm, I'm playing soccer today. I'm, I'll play the baseball slate at seven. 
Michael Dompe says uh, uh, Arizona is probably the cheap stack. Okay. So maybe avoid doing that type of lineup. We play DeGrom, Cole, Arizona five-man. And Dylan Moore one off. I mean, whatever, whatever it's going to be. That's all. That's all. That's the only difference. I mean, and then you could find the lineup that pays up, right? A brave stack or something that doesn't have coal in it, and then it projects to about the same. Which lineup is better? About the same, right? Who's what's gonna what's gonna take it down today? It could be either of them. Who knows? Your goal is to just build plus EV lineups. That's what we talk about. That's what we talk about. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Right? You learn from this show. If, you, if you're listening on the podcast, I hate that the, the people that listen on listen to the podcast feed, like they don't even get to see what I'm even looking at, right? We talk about settings, right? I do a live build. Who listens to that for 25 minutes? I'll click on this and do that. And that's all you're hearing. But if you if you if you want to listen later, right? And if you don't make it on YouTube, I mean obviously you could watch it later on YouTube. You could always subscribe to the podcast. DFS pregame show. Search for it and wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, rate and review. Do your stuff there. Grinders Live is later today. We got to what day? Wednesday. We got the OGs, I believe. And Grinders Live. I think that's what they do on Wednesdays, right? I don't know. I don't look at that. I don't look at the schedule unless I'm on it, right? I'm, 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 this, this is where I normally am. So to, tune into Grinders Live. Crunch time for premium members. Go grab yourself a Roto-Grinders combo premium package. We've got soccer projection. We've got soccer stuff. If you want to play soccer, come join me. I'm in the soccer chat in the Discord, which you'll get with Roto-Grinders premium. Click on the link in the description to get $10 off your first month. And uh, tomorrow we'll talk about uh, what happens on the, the Thursday late, whatever. I don't know what's going to go on at two o'clock. I have no idea. Is Blake Snell going to pitch well? Is he not going to pitch well? I have no idea. Not playing him, not playing the slate. Doesn't even matter. So I will see you tomorrow as I always do. Mondays through Fridays at 11 o'clock Eastern for the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. Mm-hmm.